Blog Talk Radio.
So just talk to the people briefly about your involvement, uh, you know, in city government, city politics, and why um, the mayor, um, the mayor seat. Okay. Well, yes, as you indicated, I uh, I was born and raised in the city of Pontiac, as well as my mother, Angela Riley, who taught dance uh, for free, ballet, tap, jazz, at all the community centers once, when we had them back in the day. Uh, she was born and raised in the city of Pontiac. My grandmother, the late Esselina Robertson Williams, was born and raised in the city of Pontiac. So for many, many years, a deep, deep love. Uh, for the city has been ingrained in me a sense of service and obligation uh, to more than just me. You know, as, as scripture tells us, I am my brother's keeper and I am my sister's keeper. So Dennis, for me to run right now for mayor of our city, it's an extraordinary honor. I joke around. I tell everybody that I'm the, the child that the village raised. I began my journey within public service when I was 11 years old, uh, anchoring youth news on two local television shows, Inside Pontiac and Positively Pontiac. And then I began writing, I think at the age of 12, writing for the local newspapers, the Pontiac Auburn Citizens Post, the Michigan Chronicle, the Oakland Press. Uh, we started a youth group pretty early on with the National Association of Negro Business and Professional Women's Club. Uh, I did some work with the NAACP throughout my years as a teen uh, the Pontiac Alumni Foundation, Greater Pontiac Community Coalition, um, and the list kind of goes on and on. My first job was at the Boys and Girls Club on Pike Street, but I worked at just about each location. We had Pike Street, we had one in Lakeside Homes, and we had another on Columbia Drive. And when the club shut down, uh, I started my own youth programs because uh, not just the clubs were shut down, they lost funding, but also our local community centers. We had EWOC. Holland Center, Hayes Jones, uh, as well as uh, I'm missing one. Which one am I missing? Howard Dale, Ewald, yeah. Hayes Jones. Help me out, Dennis. Holland Center. Holland Center. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have four community centers, and uh, they shut down, and so I began running youth programs directly in the neighborhoods. Uh, Walton Park Manor. I was in college at the time, driving back and forth uh, from school back home to provide the youth services uh, within the neighborhoods, Walton Park Manor, Arborview Village, Newman Court Apartments. So um, I'm no stranger to giving back to our community and being involved. My very first professional job was working for uh, a dynamic gentleman in the city, uh, Mr. Sandy McDonald, and I worked with him at the Pontiac Downtown Development Authority. And so when you go through downtown and you see the upgraded streetlights and the uh, streetscape and even on top of the Phoenix Center when we got the, the seats installed up there along with the uh, roof that we now see uh, that happened while I was uh, working with him there uh, several years ago. I was fresh out of high school with that job, uh, transitioned. I worked with Michigan Works helping to create thousands of jobs annually for Pontiac residents. Um, the former vice president of the Pontiac Housing Commission uh, and yes. that effort uh, in that role, I should say, we led off the federal government from coming in and disbanding the Housing Commission and taking away um, hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, rental assistance to Pontiac uh, home, uh, Pontiac residents. And so we were successful in moving the Housing Commission off of the troubled housing list and 
transitioning it to a model performing agency. So very proud of that work. And um, also within government, I worked as the former chief development officer for the city of yes. Pontiac. And in yes. that position, I brought in over $6 million in grant funding for uh, upgraded lights under the Phoenix Center, LED lighting upgrades for road repair, for uh, uh, arts and culture in downtown Pontiac, for senior fitness programs, for park improvements and upgrades, for youth programming. Um, and so very proud of, of that work and proud of the resources that I was actually able as a private citizen um, working on behalf of the city to bring into the city uh, outside of tech. I continue to work in government, but um, not in Pontiac per se. I'm the director of sales and development for Genesee County Land Bank Authority. And uh, certainly proud of that work. I, I like my job. I love my staff. But at the end of the day, it's not home, Dennis. And so while we're building wealth and equity and creating opportunities for home ownership and um, intentional development, uh, and it, it builds up the culture, I think, ultimately, uh, be it that I work in the city of Flint uh, and serve all of, all of Genesee County, um, it's, it's not home. So yes. I saw a need in Pontiac. I uh, worked within government. I saw the inefficiencies. I'm very familiar uh, with the current condition of our uh, local government. And so it wasn't so much so why mayor, it was uh, why not, you know, should I run? Um, Absolutely. So, you know, it takes a lot to put yourself out there and run for office. And so it puts a lot on your family as well. And so, <laughs> you know, I figured I could, I could weather that storm and so could they. Uh, but would the city be better off? had I not run. And so that's what weighed upon me. And uh, now I'm just looking to, to lead and, and give back to my community and build it back better. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Alexandria, you talked about your 10-point policy, um, and, you know, it's a very, very beautiful, beautiful, beautiful plan. Now, is if there's one Point on your 10-point policy that kind of just stood out to you, what would you say that one point is? Well, Dennis, the 10-point uh, the policy plan is entitled A New Vision for Pontiac. And so, you know, again, as Scripture tells us, and I, you know, I quote Scripture a lot because we are a faith-built community. When you drive through Pontiac or, you know, you travel throughout our community, you see a church on just about every street corner. And so as a faith-filled community and as a young person growing up in Pontiac, um, I daily walk by my faith to guide me in my decision-making. And so upon putting together the, the, the comprehensive 10-point uh, policy plan, a new vision for Pontiac, it centers in, and it, to answer your question, if there's one theme um, that it focuses on more so than anything, that's putting the community first, putting Pontiac first. Uh, too often have we had outside uh, businesses and outside people, and now we're seeing outside politicians come into our city and they can they get what they can get, then they get out, and we're left holding the bag, and we're left uh, looking to, to rebuild and restart. Uh, and so we need to make sure that our government is responsive to us. We need to make sure that our government are meeting the needs 
is meeting the needs of our residents. And so that's why our plan focuses on prioritizing Pontiac people, uh, Pontiac residents, Pontiac neighborhoods, Pontiac businesses. Uh, they must be prioritized. And we've lost, Dennis, so much already. We lost our police department, our fire department. We've lost our community centers. We've lost, um, you know, city assets, our golf course, the Silver Dome. I mean, and, and that was national news to the extent that we lost the Silver Dome for close to a half a million dollars when we spent over $55 million building it uh, yeah. decades ago. So we've, we've lost uh, so much because our leadership has failed us. And uh, we need to make sure now that we no longer take, continue to take L. So we got to build it back up. And that's why our money, uh, we will build, I'm confident we will build Pontiac back up. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, Alexandria, how, how important is it for you to um, invest in um, the business owners that's right here in the city of Pontiac? Well, Dennis, that's a wonderful question. Um, the The business culture that has shaped up in Pontiac is exciting. Um, there was a young lady, Mackenzie, uh, 18 years old. She recently put together a pop-up event. Um, about a month ago, and all of the vendors there, I would say 90%, if not all the vendors there, were from the city of Pontiac. So it was very encouraging to see um, not just local businesses, but local businesses that are being led or being launched by young people. Um, There's a cultural shift. It's trendy now. It's cool to be in business. And so we certainly want to support that from a government perspective, but we want to take it a step further because, as you all know, in business, uh, it's not always easy work. It's not always cool and trendy. Um, You may have a business card, but you might not have a business plan. Um, Right. And so what's important is making sure that we're supporting our business development, that we're providing local businesses with access to resources. And that if they don't have those resources, we're setting them up for success with training. Um, I know in, in, in Flint, uh, one of the projects that I work very closely with is a partnership that we have with LIST, that's Local Initiative Support Corporation. And so local developers and businesses can go there and receive technical support and assistance. And that's something that's needed in Pontiac. We need to make sure that our businesses are learning um, and our young people that want to step forward in business, uh, they are learning the fundamentals of business. Uh, Oftentimes uh, within business, those uh, ideas or those uh, values are learned at the kitchen table within households. And so it's a cultural thing that must be addressed. Uh, to make sure that we're creating sustainable opportunities for local businesses. We don't want businesses to step forward and try their hand at uh, what their talent is or what they're passionate about, they're supported, or not be able to sustain. So uh, Pontiac is in a great position. We just received $37.7 million from the federal government, and uh, a part of that is – 
already received within the city, about half of it, and we'll be in receipt of the, the other half within the next year. But what's beautiful about that, Dennis, is that those funds can be targeted and geared directly toward economic development. Uh, those funds were a one-time uh, payment received in response to a public health crisis, but we all know that COVID did reveal a lot of uh, inequalities and uh, uh, systemic uh, issues. It revealed a lot of those issues as it related to COVID. And that is uh, obviously something that is um, continuous, continuously um, seen in urban communities such as Pontiac or Flint or Detroit. Yes. And so based on our census standards, that's why we received $37.7 million. And so we have an incredible opportunity to really target and center in on creating economic development opportunities, uh, grants to small local businesses uh, can be, that, that funding can be used for that. And that is my goal. And that is part of the intention for that to support local small businesses in the city of Pontiac. Alexandra, we have a question coming in that says, and I'm going to, uh, it says, how do you support those business owners who are true? However, the popular gets the funding. Um, is there a plan or what do you have to say about equality uh, as it relates to business owners? Well, I think that equity and inclusion is, is what's important. Um, when I made the statement that oftentimes you have outside businesses and uh, people that come in and, and they get opportunities in Pontiac and local people that have stepped forward and have a desire to assist, they're missing out on those opportunities. Uh, I'll give you two examples, uh, and both of those examples center in on the work that I'm doing right now in Flint. Um, in Flint, we just had a uh, ribbon cutting about a week and a half ago, and I stood with Congressman uh, uh, Congressman Kildee along with Flint's mayor, Flint's uh, state representative, um, and uh, representatives from MISTA, and myself on behalf of Genesee County Land Bank Authority, um, and we uh, stood together at a ribbon cutting at a grand opening of a $7 million affordable housing complex. Absolutely, we saw that. that it was spearheaded by Dennis, a husband and wife team, not much older than us, 35. I think Dennis, you're what, 36? Yep. So I think they're like 36, 37. And so these are local developers that were born and raised in their city. And they stepped forward and they said, listen, yeah, I want to be a part of the development. I want to build my community up. And so um, through uh, government entities and through the assistance of local nonprofits and um, also um, financial institutions, they were able to put their passion into use. And so that was just one development. They had another development that uh, Governor Whitmer, about a month ago, um, attended a walkthrough, and she pledged $100 million to affordable housing development at their development. And this is what I'm talking about when we're talking about equity and when we're talking about inclusion. Um, the second example is if you look at Pontiac, if you look at Detroit, Saginaw, um, Detroit, 
um, or Flint, I should say, if you look at these urban communities, you have, oftentimes have food deserts. And so you don't have big box grocery stores there. And you don't have a lot of grocery options. And so a pastor stepped forward and he said, listen, I want to create a healthy alternative um, and we want to have our own grocery store. And so he goes forward with his development. He just recently also had a ribbon cutting. It was a million dollar development project. And so we worked with him to assist to get funding. But these are the examples. Uh, These are the real life examples. His name is uh, Pastor Ruddy Flint. Um, These are the real life examples of what could and should be done in our city. We have, I can tell you so many stories of individuals that have stepped forward or people from Pontiac that have wanted to start a business or they've wanted to do a development or they wanted to be a part of a program and they were denied that opportunity. And so I'm here to say that once I take office as the next mayor of the city of Pontiac, the door will be open to provide the opportunity to work with local people who want to build up Pontiac. I think that that's only right, and that's what's going to create the sustainable projects that will carry on, the valuable, the sustainable projects that are uh, inclusive and that build up equity directly in our communities. Yes, ma'am. So, Alexandria, I'm going to get... I'm going to kind of turn it up just a little bit. One of the biggest issues that is surrounding this election is the future of our young people here in the city of Pontiac with the lack of opportunities via via community centers um, and programming, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. So uh, my question is, what is your plan to kind of rebuild that community engagement that was once here in the city of Pontiac some years ago when uh, myself and yourself um, upbringing days? Uh, as you know, and I, I just revealed our age, our ages moments ago, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's been funny along the campaign trail. I'm talking to a lot of young people and trying to encourage them to vote, uh, telling them that their vote and their voice matters. Uh, so when I'm talking to 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, uh, you know, I, I find myself saying, I remember when. You know, I felt a little seasoned, like I got some some uh, some years under my belt. <laughs> I remember when we had the community centers and the Boys and Girls Club. And so, as you know, Dennis, that is uh, the, the future of our young people, the development of our young people, uh, and the programs that we provide to them. That's something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, as I indicated, when those community centers closed down and when those boys and girls clubs closed down, I was driving home from the University of Michigan to provide uh, youth programs directly in the neighborhoods. And if you recall, you know, it was during those trips back and forth that I got in my car accident. Um, yes. Of, of which, you know, the, the, at that time, <laughs> the community turned around and they rallied behind me. But I think we're at a critical and at a defining moment when it comes to our young people. Um, Everyone uh, wants the next generation or their children to have better opportunities than they've ever had. And unfortunately, in the city of Pontiac, I can't say that right now. Um, We obviously uh, have lost a lot 
you know, I commend the voters of the city uh, in 2000, um, I think it was 2016. Uh, yeah, millage was passed. 2016, the millage was passed, uh, and, and voters said, hey, raise my taxes because we want to invest in our children. So we get about a million dollars a year uh, in levying the millage to provide youth programming but there's still no community center for our children. Um, I'd also like to commend UWM. They stepped forward and said, we will uh, facilitate um, programming at one of our sites. And so that's a wonderful thing when we have corporate partners that step forward and they want to be a part of our community. Uh, From a government standpoint, uh, we want to take advantage of those partnerships, but we also want to have a short-term and a long-term plan, Dennis. And so our new vision for Pontiac, our 10-point plan, focuses directly on quality services for our children and also our seniors. Uh, But that focus with with our young people, with our youth, is to develop a state-of-the-art community center, uh, to expand transportation um, for our young people to the community center, and uh, also to our partner programs, uh, to restore city leagues. You know, we're on a network right now, sports radio. In the past, right. uh, I, th- I think I've seen everybody's mug shot in those old Pontiac uh, recreation. <laughs> parks and Rec. <laughs> parks and Rec jerseys. I think uh, everybody had them in, the, in the, the, the baseball caps with the P on there. But to right. restore our city leagues, to re- uh, expand our citywide youth recreation and our enrichment, our enrichment programs and also to develop a a robust arts program, um, which focuses on music and um, the arts, you know, ultimately. My mother. uh, Wow. And so, you know, I grew up with that exposure. And so, you know, it's been proven to really assist in the development of our young people um, scientifically. It's a proven fact that, Young people that participate in the arts have dramatically seen increases in their scholastic work based on that exposure. Honey, uh, can't start marching with Right, right, right. So, uh, you know, that that is certainly an issue that is a a, uh, a prominent issue. It's, a, you know, it's one that's passionate, that I'm passionate about, and uh, one that is vitally needed. Uh, and dealing with our young people and not just dealing with them. I, I think in the past we've dealt with our young people. We must invest in our young people. We must support our young people. We must encourage our young people. And that's what we'll do once uh, we take office. <laughs> Alexandra, how do you address public safety? You said how, do, how would I deal with public safety? Yes, ma'am. So I think that it's important to note uh, the current uh, situation of public safety in the city of Pontiac. In the past, we had Pontiac Police uh, Department, which was directly under the mayor's office um, and purview and the chief of police. And so when we went through emergency management um, and the citizens, uh, there was a big outcry to try to keep the Pontiac Police Department and the police chief at the time presented a proposal to save it. Our leadership at Oakland County voted against it twice, and so we entered into a contract with the Oakland County Sheriff Department, of which we're still 
in that sheriff's department contract. And so um, I'll say this. I am biased, Dennis. Uh, I'm from the city of Pontiac, so, of course, I would say in source all of our departments, we need our own. But I would not say that at the expense of public safety, making sure that our response times are there, making sure that, you know, financially it makes sense. And so with the issue of public safety, I think that there's been a huge component where we're being reactive and not necessarily proactive. We have to deal with the issue of homelessness. We have to deal with the issue of mental health. We have to deal with the issue of providing opportunities for our young people and those uh, that have re-entered into society so that they don't slip back into the hands of crime based on not being provided with opportunities to make a fair and a decent wage. So it's a, a full, total uh, wraparound approach that's needed, Dennis, to deal with public safety. And it's not just putting that pressure or putting that responsibility on the Oakland County Sheriff's Department as they move forward with that contract. Uh, also within that contract, I think that it's important for the citizens to know that, because a lot of questions are arising about bringing back the Pontiac Police Department. The way that the Oakland County Sheriff Department contract is written, we cannot go out and seek uh, grant money to try to bring back Pontiac Police. There's like a no-compete clause within that contract. So we got to have a short-term we got to have a short-term plan and a long-term plan in the event that it be explored to ever bring Pontiac Police back. But in the meantime, I think the immediate need is making sure that public safety is a priority, uh, making sure that we are supporting public safety through, again, addressing those issues of homelessness, of uh, mental health, uh, being proactive, making sure that we're addressing issues before they result in crimes and providing opportunities. Uh, I'm a firm believer that crime stems from the lack of opportunities. So, and oftentimes you'll also see that crime is uh, perpetuated by young people. And these are the same young people we were just talking about, Dennis, those young people that could be at our community centers, you know, those young people that can be in workforce development training programs, those young people who can be supported through uh, educational opportunities. And so we have to focus in on the critical needs of our residents, and we need to prioritize them and do that through the lens of public safety and beyond. Alexandria, a question is coming in from a listener that states, are there any programs that that are currently uh, operable in the city that addresses any mental uh, health, medical uh, medical attentions, or any homelessness um, uh, problems? To your knowledge, but we have a lot of great nonprofits in the city of Pontiac that are doing incredible work. Uh, in the past, our nonprofits were supported by uh, community development block grant funding. Um, that's another one of the city's uh, entitlement programs or city asset, if you call it, uh, that was outsourced to Oakland County, and so we lose about 1.2 million dollars a year by that program being provided by Oakland County and not directly by the city of Pontiac. And so what our plan is and our new vision for Pontiac is to bring back CDBG. And so once we bring those funds back in house, 
uh, and we go through the process of awarding funds to support programs like uh, eliminating um, homelessness or dealing with uh, mental health issues or programs um, throughout the city. I think that's vitally necessary, and that's certainly something that we plan on doing and also partnering with those nonprofits and agencies. You know, and let me say this, and let me be very clear. There are a lot of great uh, organizations. I talked about my experience as far as driving back and forth to school and coming home and stepping forward and and filling the void and filling the need. Um, That has happened on all levels. We are a resilient community. We are a community of individuals that believe in stepping forward and filling in those gaps. And so it's not about reinventing the wheel, Dennis. You know, the city of Pontiac and and the mayor's office can't do it all. It's about bringing in those partnerships and bridging those gaps and giving those nonprofits, those community groups, uh, opportunities uh, to give back to the community and be supported by the community in doing that and engaging them in a way that it'll also be sustainable. Alexandria, what is your uh, what is your plan or, uh, in your vision to increase the graduation rate by working with the school district here in the city of Pontiac? Well, there's never truly been a real partnership between the school district and the city of Pontiac. Um, I think that uh, the graduation rate and the retention rate uh, within our young people is, is clearly a major issue. Uh, I think too often politicians in our city talk about the separation between the school district and the superintendent and the elected school board, uh, that separation between the mayor's office and the city council as two separate entities. But we all have the same focus, and that's serving the public, and that is certainly um, making sure opportunities are available for our young people. I think from the city's uh, approach and the city's standpoint, Uh, The school district has the infrastructure. They have the facilities uh, to provide after-school and summer programs in partnership with the city of Pontiac. That's certainly something that I would love to explore partnership with. And beyond that, workforce development is another major area, another um, issue uh, within our city. Um, Let's be honest, every young person um, going through, through school isn't necessarily going to continue on the path to go to college. Uh, Some of them may want to get a job right out of high school. And so if they would like to do that, we need to be pairing them with emerging sectors, with opportunities for uh, 21st century jobs. And so you do that by giving them that workforce exposure. Uh, When I talked about, you know, the community centers closing and when I talked about the, the Boys and Girls Clubs closing, We also used to have workforce development programs in the city of Pontiac uh, through Michigan Works, and also the city of Pontiac had one as well. So we have to get back to the basics of that, making sure that our young people have co-op opportunities, making sure that they have internship opportunities, um, and incentivizing them. Uh, Through the workforce development programs, they were able to earn a wage, but in order to participate in that program, they had to remain in school. They had to graduate from high school. Um, and be on the path of doing that by providing their grades and uh, report cards uh, at the end of each semester. And so we need to bring those programs back to Pontiac. 
And that is certainly a part of our plan and our vision, a new vision for Pontiac. And that's a great question, whoever asked it from the audience. That's a great question. So thank you for that. Awesome, awesome. So, Alexandra, we got about two more questions, and I'm going to bring on I'm going to bring on my co-host, Mr. Dion Davis, and Sports Talk D-Boy, excuse me. And he got some things he wanted to say as well. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? Hey, today? I'm well. How are you? Thank you guys for having me. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's awesome to have you on with us too tonight. Um, uh, I have a quick question. Like, as far as uh, like the programs that we had around our city that's left, like, do you have any plans on bringing some of those back? As far as you know, the number one question, the um, RSBs and Eats, and uh, uh, bringing back the um, the, um, what's the auto show? The um, that we have in August. I forget the show. Drink Rules. Dream crew. Dream Come crew? on, we all can find that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the RCCs, so, you know, like all them programs that we used to have every year, like the African Festival on top of the uh, Phoenix mm-hmm. Center, and are y'all going to try to bring the Phoenix Center back to like right. how it was? Uh, uh, like you said earlier, I remember when. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to that I remember when. Um and I remember when we had our speech I remember when we had the Hispanic Heritage Festival, the African American Festival. Uh, we had fireworks downtown every year for the 4th of July. Um, we had activities. We had festivals. We had events that drove traffic into our downtown and events that we were able to look forward to. We had concerts on top of the Phoenix Center. Um, and so we were able to enjoy our downtown and and celebrate our community within our community. We didn't have to go outside of Pontiac to have a good time. And we have to bring that back. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Arts, Beats, and Eats is led by a private developer, uh, a gentleman that I know. Um, His name is John Witts. And so, you know, I would certainly engage with him and talk to him about the prospect of, of bringing that back. But I don't think that we should just be closed off to saying, hey, let's bring our speech and eats back. Uh, in the event that that developer chooses not to, which since our speech and eats has left Pontiac, he, he's not brought it back, I think that we should encourage um, festivals in our downtown um, and create a new um, festival that celebrates our community. And so it's not just uh, limited to to our speech and eats, but to bring back those African-American festivals and those uh, Hispanic heritage festivals and also the fireworks. <laughs> bring back the downtown fireworks. Um, Especially the fireworks. We do have a, uh, a downtown development plan, and that's spelled out in our 10-point plan, um, but it focuses beyond just the festivals, and it centers in on – uh, losing the loop because those festivals drove traffic into our downtown just for a weekend or just for a specific small period of time, which is great, but we want traffic throughout the year continuously. And so our plan and our vision for downtown is to lose the loop 
uh, to drive traffic directly back into our downtown, to work with the Michigan Department of Transportation, MDOT, to fund that project. And also, a lot of people don't know, we have a river running directly through our downtown, and it's covered up. It's the Clinton River. And when you think about any thriving uh, urban downtown, if you think about Chicago or Baltimore, D.C., Detroit, for that matter, they're all built around water. So our plan is to lose the loop, daylight the Clinton River, drive traffic directly back into our downtown, and support an arts renaissance. There are a lot of fine artists, musicians, talented individuals, and that's what built up Arts Vita Needs. That's what built up our downtown in the past. And we gathered and supported around those artists and those musicians and those uh, performers. And so that's what brought us together. We have to get back to that, create a new renaissance, a new arts renaissance in our downtown and opportunities for our artists to showcase their talents and for us to enjoy our downtown uh, and be connected to our neighborhoods as well, a place that it can be walkable and friendly and encouraging and open to business. And so within our plan, uh, our 10-point plan, a new vision for Pontiac, that is what, that's the change in Pontiac that's needed, and that is what will restore our hope for the future. That's awesome, awesome. I agree with that too. Okay, like, okay, one, um, like we uh you you and um D T were speaking earlier on the um on the youth program. Like far mm-hmm. as um youth youth curriculum, far as helping building them entrepreneur helping building them into entrepreneurship. Like what would be mm-hmm. like some of the programs that you would uh that you would like provide for them? Um, like as a learning tool to, to help them into into that field. We definitely have to have a program that's focused on uh, the elements of business and entrepreneurship. I'll give you an example. Um, I participated in a summer program when I was maybe 11, 12 years old. It was called Campers Incorporated. It was a dynamic program. Um, And so, you know, we could pick our programs for that camp. It was uh, Summer at Sacred Heart. And we could pick the different programs. And every week I wanted to be in Campers Incorporated because what that meant, like one week we did a car wash, another week we did a breakfast, another week we did a garage sale. But what what that allowed us to do, say if it was 10 people, 10 camp programs, each one of us were required to bring $20, right, um, uh-huh. to to supply a seat money for whatever it was at the end of the week, whatever business uh, program or element that we were going to do. So if it was a car wash, we had to buy the soap. We had to buy the rags. We had to buy the towels to dry the cars off. We had to buy the buckets, you know, to put the soapy water in. So we all had to put our initial investment up front. So we each had to bring $20. So if there was 10 of us, that was $200. And so when it was all said and done, we advertised for it, and we included everyone that was in the camp, even if they weren't in Campers Incorporated. And so we had our event, and when the event was done, we divvied up the profits. 
So for a 10-year-old or 11-year-old like myself, I was able to walk away with $60, and I only put up 20 So I just made a $40 profit. So it taught me at a very early age the elements of business and the elements of investing. And so those are the type of programs that we need to include within our youth recreation and within our uh, enrichment programs so that we give our children the exposure. We want them to be exposed to college opportunities. We want them to be exposed to technical opportunities. We want them to be exposed to business opportunities. But we have to instill that in them early in their primitive stages of development where it has an opportunity to create some type of an impact and inspire them for the future. And so those are the type of programs, innovative programs, outside-the-box type programs that will spark interest in our children at an early age and that can create an opportunity for them long-term. Okay, awesome. So, like, okay, one more question. As far as, like, say, say for instance, we get the community centers open and, like, the Boys and Girls Club and stuff like that back open up, or whatever, like would them type of, would you um would you insist for them type of programs to be be in the recreation center too? You said would I like, want those type of programs in the rec center? Yeah, you know, like I, prior, I will, you know, like mm-hmm. I would want our community center to be state of the art. I would want it to be the heartbeat of the community where you could host events, where you could come in and and drop your children off and rest assured that they are going to be cared for um, and also opportunities for fun and engaging programs take place. And so I want that to be the focal point of uh, our community. Um, where we're investing in our young people. And so um, right now we don't have a comprehensive plan for that. Um, myself and um, my my running mate, I don't, I, um, I don't think I've mentioned him yet, but many people know Al Patrick. You know, I'm so fortunate to be elected in three weeks. The election is three weeks away, y'all. So if I'm so fortunate to be elected in three weeks. Um then my selection for deputy mayor is Al Patrick. He has over 32 years of experience in providing resources to Pontiac people, working with OSHA um, as a, a nonprofit entity that has provided so much in our community. And so he and I will work hand in hand, and uh, we will work to make sure that our community center, uh, first to make sure that we develop a community center, and to make sure that our community center um, is an attraction and a home to a safe haven to providing quality services for our young people to grow and excel. Oh, okay. Another question. So, um, like, far as people coming home from, um, like, um, prison and, and, and things like that, would you um, – like, would you have what type of programs would you have for them so they could get back into the community as modern citizens? And that is a that's a great question. Uh, we recently had a debate earlier in the week, and uh, it was a disparaging remark that was made about uh, by my opponent about people that support me 
saying that they have questionable back questionable backgrounds or convictions. And my response to that is, you know, when people pay their debt to society, they deserve a second chance, unequivocally. Um, and, and we have to support those that are returning home. And anyone in leadership or anyone that desires to be in leadership in a city such as Pontiac needs to understand that. And that's why it's so important. You know, representation matters. We need a mayor that understands the issues of our community. You know, and I say oftentimes, you know, people try to beat up on me about being homegrown, being born and raised in the city. I've lived the issues that our people are now living, or uh, I may even be living some now, you know. Um, They're not immune to me or my family members or my loved ones. Uh, I understand what it's like uh, to encounter adversity and have the challenges to have to overcome that. And one of the things that we as a community have to do is to embrace those that are returning home and provide them with opportunities so that they do not slide back into the hands of uh, another, you know, repeat offense. And so we do that by, again, partnering with nonprofits and creating opportunities, and especially within employment, even within, you know, the city of Pontiac, providing opportunities for individuals that may have uh, something in their past on their record um, to provide them with a chance and an opportunity, but to create opportunities for uh, financial support through Uh, banking opportunities and financial training and partnership with financial institutions, um, opportunities for housing, um, opportunities for jobs. Those are three areas that have to be centered in on if we're going to support our returning citizens, those that are coming home after paying their debt to society. But we cannot turn our backs on that and then say we want crime to go down or that we're uh, ensuring public safety in our community, but not addressing that critical need. All right, Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Hello. All right, great. Can you hear me? All right, great. So, go ahead, D boy. All right, awesome. Now, <clears throat> how do you feel? about N1's nonprofit advertising private shuttle services hiring for $20 an hour for the after-school program, knowing the fact that uh, Piney School District students cannot get back and forth to school for their bus routes due to to shortage of staff that's paying about the same amount. How do I feel about M1? Was that the question? Mm -hmm. You were going in and out. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll repeat it. All right. The question is, how do you feel about M1's nonprofit advertising private shuttle services hiring $20 an hour for the after-school programs funded by the same entity? However, PSD students cannot get bus routes to to and from school due to shortages paying the same amount. So, and that's relative to M1 Concourse, correct? Yeah. On the south side? Okay. Yeah. I, and that's a, that's another major issue that as I'm going through um, and canvassing and knocking on doors and, and meeting with residents, that comes up often. 
And, uh, you know, that's the one facet of it because there are a lot of complaints where uh, a lot of senior citizens live on the south side, and they say that they're awakened early in the morning uh, with the cars racing and the, the loud noise and obviously the traffic that comes from that development. Uh, I think it's important to note that that development was paid for by us in part. $8 million of subsidy um, of tax credits from our local and also our school uh, tax uh, uh, incentives were provided to M1 Concourse to develop that. Um, I believe that 90 jobs were initially stated to have been created by that project. But it goes back to making sure when businesses come into our city and we are offering subsidies or tax breaks or incentives for them, that we are mandating that a community benefit is there and that we're also considering the community impact. So there was no consideration given to, we have a noise ordinance in the city of Pontiac, there was no consideration given to the residents in that area based on the noise uh, relative to that project. There's been oftentimes uh, a lack of consideration as projects and and, uh, events happen. And so we have to, again, go back to the basics of our whole platform, and that is prioritizing Pontiac people, making sure that citizen uh, input, citizen impact, citizen consideration is at the forefront as we develop and as we move forward with projects events, and activities throughout our city. All right, all right. Alexandria, oh. um, it's the night before the election. What is, your, what, is your final, what is your final word to the voters? My final words to the voters is uh, please get out and vote. We have far too many people in this city uh, that, for whatever reason, do not come out and vote. Uh, this election is critical. It's critically necessary that uh, your voice be heard. We are running on a grassroots, local, people-centered and people-powered and focused campaign, and that's to create a new vision for the city of Pontiac, to build Pontiac back better. And so we are committed to that, myself and Al Patrick. We are both Uh, no stranger to public service, and we are both passionate about the work at hand, and we have a track record of success. Uh, My opponent, um, unfortunately, uh, cannot say the same thing, you know, in terms of uh, what resources have been brought to Pontiac residents based on his years of elected experience. We need the right type of experience in Pontiac the right type of experience to lead our city forward and to prioritize Pontiac people and make sure that uh, their needs are being met and that their voices are being heard, you know, especially in local politics. You know, they say all politics is local, but at the end of the day, when your roads are not repaired or your snow is not plowed, when your children have nowhere to go, or the lot is overgrown next door, 
who do you want to call? Do you want to call someone who knows the issues of the city and knows how to address them, someone who has the experience of going after resources and being successful and providing those resources to residents or not? And so I think the choice is clear. And so I humbly ask the citizens of Pontiac to vote for me, Alexandria T. Riley, for mayor of the city of Pontiac. You can vote as early as tomorrow. Uh, you can go in the city clerk's office and vote daily, Monday through Friday, from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And uh, also you can vote at the polls um, on Election Day, which is Tuesday, November 2nd. You can vote by mail. You can vote absentee. If you don't know how to get an absentee ballot or don't know how to vote or don't know where you vote, you can go to our website. It's www.rileyforpontiac.com, and it says it's a tab there that says, how do I vote? And so it'll give you access to where you vote, and it'll give you access to how to register to vote if you're not registered, and it'll also provide you with access to an absentee ballot request if you like to vote absentee. But we're asking that you come out, you come out strong, and let's keep Pontiac Pontiac. It's our time, it's our future, it's our Pontiac. Thanks, DT, Sports Talk. Appreciate you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we thank you so much, uh, Miro Candidate Alexandra T. Riley, for taking so much time out of your busy schedule. We know you're on the campaign trail, knocking doors, hitting this meeting, that meeting, this interview, that interview. And we're so honored that you had time for us. So you have a great uh, night, and good luck on the rest of your campaign. And we're definitely going to be behind you 100%. What was that, Dennis? Did you say we're behind you 100%? Yes, ma'am. Is that an open endorsement, sir? (laughs) There you go. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Ooh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And for those of you that are listening, Dennis and I have been we've we've been at it for many, many years now and definitely committed to this community. And Dennis, I'm proud of the work that you're doing in the city and I know together we're gonna achieve much more in the future. Most definitely, most definitely. So you enjoy your night so and I we'll appreciate be having you on the team. Most too. definitely. Thanks. All right, right. bye bye. All right, and we thank um, Mayor Candidate Alexandria T. Riley for coming on the show tonight. We're going to take a commercial. I'm going to bring my very special guest on when she, uh, in just one second. She's been sitting back holding her peace. We're going all the way to Pontiac, Michigan. My main man, Mr. Lamar Hunt, with his hit new single, Why? Right here on IFM Sports Radio. Let's go. Seen some things, no wonder why. Feel pain, sometimes I cry Feel this pain so deep inside Understand that people change The world evolves, nothing's the same Sometimes I sit and wonder why I feel pain, sometimes I I remember the day, hour, a minute I got caught to the office CEO told me call home I proceeded with caution Cause I knew that the news would be bad Who would have thought that my brother would be placed in a bag That's my heart was heavy and I couldn't even swallow my spit My mama uttered the words that my baby was hit And now he gone, her voice cracked, she started to cry 
cry I just dropped my fucking head I just wanted to die I tried to be strong But all my tears came at once I was crying a river Justin Timberlake song Independence history Receiving all bad news In my head the light was out I had blue that too I had to ask who it was I kinda already knew And it was squeaking I was gone So what the fuck can I do But that's a story of its own Yeah we destined to eat R.I.P. little me I know you resting in peace no wonder why I feel pain sometimes I cry Feel this pain so deep inside Understand that people change The world evolves, nothing's the same Sometimes I sit and wonder why Yes, I feel pain sometimes Damn. I cry She used to be my dog, she was in my left city Screen ride or die, thought you gon' die with me Found out you was switching, you ain't even ride with me Cause when mom got sick, you should've been on my side with me Besides to ride different, now the vibe's different Bringing forth that I did nothing good, July is fitting So what about these random questions? Talk about these random exes While moms was sick, I could've gave a fuck about a message Now granted, what I did in the past is wrong But it's a time and a place and your timing was off You said moms was a crutch and I ain't seen that at all That's my motherfucking mama, I wasn't missing a call and if you got a problem with that, then it's fuck all y'all. Funeral prices, I couldn't. All right, all right. Yo, yo, yo. We are back on IFM Sports Radio. And it is your boy ESPN from the hood, a.k.a. LeVar Ball from Yachtown. Better known as Sports Talk DT. And I got my main man, Sports Talk D-Boy, on the line. What's good, Sports Talk D-Boy? Yo, what up, though? You all right? Yeah, and I'm doing good, and I got a very, very special guest on the line. Her name is Mrs. Melissa McQueen from Community Resource Network. Miss Melissa, are you here? I'm here. Hey, awesome. Melissa. Hey. How are awesome, you awesome. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, Melissa, we know that you're a Lions fan. So we're going to jump right into the conversation of what happened in week five. Uh, did you see week five's game uh, between the Lions and the Minnesota Vikings? Do I really have to comment on this? <laughs> <laughs> we were like the one second mark. It's traumatizing. I don't feel I should have to comment on this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sports Talk D-Boy, give me your thoughts on the Lions game. Um, Melissa says she feel like she shouldn't have to comment on it, so I'm quite sure she don't want to hear about it either. That <laughs> terrible guy. Like, we were right there. Like, we were right there for the first time ever. <laughs> Which, you know, personally, I'm a, you know, I'm going to kind of blame that on a coach. That was more of a uh, bad coaching call to me, my opinion. If it was me, they should – the coaches should have changed the defense and, and shouldn't have played the same defense that they was going going with. And that could have prevent, that could have won the game if they would have um, stopped It was the last Just second. Two, it was like literally play. the last second. How does that right. work? Right. <laughs> it shouldn't have worked like that, I would say that. <laughs> that was all traumatizing. Two plays away from a, from from the first win of the season. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking speaking so of last minute, quick, I, go ahead, D boy. I got a quick question too. 
to to the two lion fans. So after these losses that we that we didn't have so far, what what is your opinion of the job of the coach? Do y'all think he's going into hot water, the hot seat, or he lives to see well, another how day? How many coaches do we have to go through? Like, what is really going on? I mean, well, I mean, if you want the root problem, I, me personally, I say it's the organization. Well, exactly. I wouldn't put it on the organization. Um, Why not? (laughs) Well, here we go. Here, here we go. Here, here, here's my sports. Here's my sports talk DT answer. Um, I, I honestly don't believe that GM Brad Holmes did enough to give Jared Goff the enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball to uh, be successful in his first year. Um, his, <sighs> he brought in, in Bashard Perryman and Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams went out week one probably in the first quarter. Bashard Perryman didn't make it out of training camp. And his other three receivers are a rookie and two no-namers. So, I mean, but last year when he was played, when he played for the Rams, Everyone knows who, who Cooper Cup is. Everyone knows who Tyler Higby is. Everyone knows who Robert Woods is. Like the only name on the receiving court for the Lions that people recognize is their starting tight end, TJ Hawkinson. On, on offensively. Can I just ask you a question? Go ahead. Can I, not to interrupt, not to be disrespectful. When you get hired at a job, you get hired for what? To do your job. That's it. Do your job. Well, well, okay, okay. So if you're hired to catch, catch the damn ball. If you're hired to kick, which is whack, no, you know, no disrespect, but kick the ball. Like, no, I'm sorry. No, No. you did, you did a good job, Melissa. I mean, you're hired to do your job. If I thought you catch it, if I thought you three times and you still haven't caught it, you're fired. That goes back to organization. I mean, like, honestly, when you're the general manager and you're hiring people to do to do these ter- certain type of jobs, you, you, <laughs> you, you don't you don't want to hire people to – you don't want to just hire just anybody. Or like what DT said, just hire people that nobody know who they are. You want to hire you want to hire some people onto your team that put fear into their opponents. You know, I'm when you go against. I'm gonna take it back. I'm gonna take it back. I'm gonna take it back. I can, based on profession, whatever you are skilled for or not skilled for, if you got a strong leader, I can prove it just from my training courses. I can mold you to be whatever you aim to be as long as you give that dedication. Nonsense. And that's a fact. That's a fact. Nonsense. I've been able to mold someone in two hours. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. I agree. It's an organization. You got that paycheck. You don't care. That Exactly. Season upon season upon season upon. We look like fools for what? Do your job. Well, Catch the ball. Well, well, Sorry. Um, getting a little heated right now. <laughs> hire, hire some. <coughs> excuse me. Hire Titan. 
excuse me, hire top name players. Go out and get some people that you hire type top name players. Go out there and get some top name players that you know that's going to go catch the ball, that's going to run the ball, that's going to kick the ball. But what does it matter? It's leadership and and the players, right? So so if I fail at leadership, you had big bodies. You had little bodies. You had fast bodies. We don't win. What is going on right now? So I you got a bunch of nobodies on the that? team, Melissa. You, you got a bunch what? of nobodies. Who, who going to listen to another nobody? <laughs> how are nobody going to motivate you? When you got somebody like Tom Brady on your team, now you got some type of inspiration. Now you feel like, oh, we can make it. We have a chance. If you got a, but now if you got a good leader. Deep, huh? Right. And not if your and not if your teams are like, oh, this is who we got, little showboat over here. That's the best of the best. It's whack. You're putting all your money in that player, right? Because it's the best of the best. You know, think of but, you know any talent. We're gonna put all that, our money in this person. Well, that person, you know, person persons like that leads teams to championships. <laughs> Everybody would listen to that guy. We don't have nobody like that on our, on the Lions, Melissa. You don't have no top-notch players. No, you know, so nobody is scared of the Lions. Nobody's going to so outrun. How do you feel about nobody, nobody. Stafford, look. Oh, 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 got somebody to protect us. Hold on, she just asked you a question. What? She, well, how huh? do you feel about Stafford? How do I feel about him? How do you feel about him? I'm the Lions, Stafford. These and after season, how'd you feel about him? Well, I, I have faith in him. He is an elite quarterback. So what happened? He got elite numbers. Huh? You said what? What'd you say? He he has elite numbers, said, his stats. As far as what? You know, um, throwing, throwing the most yards, throwing a lot of yards, throwing touchdowns and things like that. So his stats is pretty. Huh? If they caught them, if they caught that ball, it counts, right? Yeah. So. Well, Melissa, look at this. If you don't catch the ball, huh? Look who Stafford used to throw it to. One of the top of the line um, wide receivers. We don't have Uh a top of the line wide receiver. We don't have a top of the line quarterback. So we so don't we don't Detroit right Lions don't have a top of the line of <laughs> nothing. So that goes okay. back to organization. You got to go out there and pick some quality play. I mean, not to say that the Lions don't have quality players, but if you get if you got quality players, you need a quality leader. So who is the quality leader on Detroit team? Hold up, no you're just going right back to what I said. It's leadership and quality players. So if you have productive leadership, right? It doesn't matter what your job is. You're productive, supportive leadership that knows what is going on. Don't bring in someone that doesn't even know the role of their team, right? Like right right now. Whatever you do, I don't know what you do. But if you bring in a leader and they're like, I'm your new manager, and you're like, okay, so this is malfunctioning, this isn't working, and they're like, what does that mean? 
you're like, well, you're terrible because you're not supportive, right? So right. is it on you or them, okay? Secondfold. Now that they're like, yeah, I know this. I got this. Da, 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 da. Is it on you or them? In this case, how do we have a team that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Look at the coaches we've overturned in years. Look they at the players. Call well. no, they I'm call just saying. Well. I'm just saying. We don't win. Why? And we got we got oh. someone calling it uh, live right now. <laughs> so good evening. And you're, Is this live? Hey, and you are live with the sports talk team and <laughs> and Melissa. Uh, may I ask who I'm speaking with? Well, that's amazing. Uh, you're speaking with you're speaking with Lou from New Jersey. Uh, first time caller here, but not to, but not to Blog Talk Radio. I've been on here. I've been on this network many times before. Hey, Luke. So what's going on, man? I thank you so much for giving uh, taking time out of your schedule to call in from New Jersey. Uh, so what are your thoughts tonight? Yeah. We're talking live football. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you know, I kind of feel bad for the Lions, right? I mean, you know, I'm not much of a fan, but, you know, they have been so pathetic. Even now without Stafford gone, they've gone from bad to worse. I mean, Stafford was your star player. My point exactly. And, yeah. But, without him, you got nothing. Exactly. Sorry to say. That's what, but you that's don't have any more star players, and it's just that. pathetic. I was just saying that. There's, there's, no, yeah. one, there's no one on the team to give anybody else on the team inspiration. Okay, back to what you were saying, Melissa, like, you know, if you have a great leadership, okay, let's say you are leadership, and, and, and you yep. come in and you and you say, why, why, why are we going to do this, we're going to do that, but if you're not showing us anything, if we can't look to you and say, oh, yeah, if she could do it, if he could do it, then I can do it too. If he could do it, he inspired yeah, sure. me to make me want to do it. So we, you oh, know, they up. need somebody to make them feel good. Hold up. So let's be true with that, okay? That's e- even from you know the high school over here, right? Like, right. We need to feel that you're our empowerment, right? When yeah, do need- you get to show out on your job to prove you're the leader? Like, there is no <clears throat> real thing about a position where you don't want to level up and prove that you are doing. You, I understand. Coach calls; they're going to be like, "You got to do this, this, this," right? If you're strong enough, you're going to be like, "I am most certainly not doing that." Because if you studied the other team, if I do that, they're about to sack me right now. Are you a fool? Right. So is it weakness, or is it, are we just oh. at a plateau where we're just like, we will never win? But you know, um, I, I, I'm a. I'm going to stress the same thing. Always want to had a winning team. I forgot. Well, the last you know. time that the Lions had a winning team was actually was actually five years ago. Well. It was actually oh, yeah. five years ago, 2016-2017 right. season. We went 9-7 and seven that year. We lost to the Dallas Cowboys in the first round. Absolutely. Oh, the year I first started just doing this stuff. 2016, we had Caldwell then. Yeah. We had a coach Caldwell. Right. We had one. We we you know? and, and, and I was and, and to be completely honest, Calvin Johnson stated um, on the Woodward Sports uh, Network is an 
he stated that in that season, he felt that they had the pieces to go all the way. Calvin Johnson was uh, was putting up two or three thousand yards that year. Golden Tate was was great that year. They had one of the best yes. defensive lines in all of football. And Gamakunsu, Keith Van Bosch, Nick Fairley. Absolutely, the Lions had pieces Bear that year. Slay. Bear Bear the Lions had pieces. This now you look at the game. team, you don't have this none of them game. on there. None of them. This past game, we had it, right? Yes. It, it happens. You know, I get it. But we had it in the last second, and we lost it in the last literally 30 seconds, if not less. Right. What is that. going on? We shouldn't even been that close. We shouldn't even let them touch that. Okay, okay, well, okay, okay, so, okay, so congratulations. So, so, but look at our whole game. We were nothing but field goals and nonsense. Exactly, Melissa. That's so listen, we weren't who, touchdowns who and strength. To? We were field goals. Who who you gonna? And when you when you, when it's time to go deep, who which who who on the Detroit Lions are you going to throw a deep ball to, and you know? That's going to get a touchdown. Absolutely nobody. <laughs> my point. No at all. That's my point. And that's the organization for it. That's not the players. That's the no, organization for Because what if I'm you have, if you, if you have, you, what I'm saying is, who get? It's no different than the questions I was submitting all night. When do we have to like literally look at leadership and be like, this is what we're gonna do? What are you doing? <laughs> Okay, yeah. so 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 now, so now you got you got to blame it on the fans then, because if we keep going to the football games and selling them out, they're not going to make a difference. If we stop going to the games and start uh, booing and change the uh, organization and stuff like that, then it was things would change. Sorry to say it, because we look like Washington D. We look like Washington football team. All right, so at one point. In time. Hey, so, wow. so to our, so to our caller, I have a I have a question for you. To, let's just say, yes, let's just say Jared Goff gets benched. Is who's your option at quarterback? Huh. Yeah, I mean, take a look at Cam. We take a look at Cam. You're really sunk. Without Goff, you got nothing to. You know this. I mean, he's your last chance. You had Stafford. He's gone. If golf doesn't get his act together, it's going to be even worse. It's going to be even worse than it is now. Would you take a look at Cam Newton? Probably not. I mean, Newton didn't do anything for New England, and that's why he was gone one year. Newton's past his prime. Wow. So I, I um, disagree. I disagree. You can call me crazy all you want, but that's how I see it. <laughs> okay, so Carla. Okay, so 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 say so take take a look at it like this. And and Melissa right. just go to you too. Okay, so so now with the team that Detroit has now, let's just hypothetically speaking, if Detroit go pick up Cam Newton, that is more it, it pick up that is more inspiration to the players than Jared Goff is. Cuz at one point mm. in time Cam was an MVP player. Hey, it, with that type of player that Cam is, they're going to look at it like, 
if things get bad and he can't throw the ball, he le- he he at least will run. People will listen. Your your teammates will listen to Cam more than they will listen to Jared Goff. But then that will that will kind of light some type of fire inside the rest of your other teammates, and then they feel like, well, since we got Cam Newton, then I can try harder. That's inspiration mm-hmm. right there. Jared Goff, you looking at Jared Goff like, man, this guy right here, he's too yeah. little. He can't help us. But you look at Cam, you're like, well, he's big. You know, he did this for Arvin Tigers, and he did this over here. He, yeah, by him being with New England, <clears throat> he come to Detroit, it might be a fresh new start. It might re- revamp his career. He might ch- he might be the one that changed the culture in the whole Detroit Lions locker room. We don't know. But whatever it is, we need something different. We need some type of inspiration to light the fire. All right, all right, Carla, we thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to give us a call. Make sure you tune in to us every Tuesday night right here on IFM Sports Radio. You have a good night. Well, if you could also. I didn't mean to do that. If the caller's there, call right back. Anyway, we're going to keep the show rocking. We're going to keep the show rocking and rolling. Hey, so we're going to change gears just for a second and. Go to the NBA. The Detroit Pistons have announced that they will not play Kay Cunningham until the coaching staff feel that he is ready. How do you feel about the Pistons of stating that their number one draft pick will remain on the sideline? Sports Talk D Boys. Well, <clears throat> Okay, I didn't, I didn't get that, and I didn't get that. So, what, what, what is the purpose of them actually benching him? Well, because he not, he not performing well enough. He out of shape. What's going on? What's the, what's the true excuse? Well, he was listed day to day with, with his ankle injury, which caused him to miss the first game, and now uh, Coach Casey is stating that they will just keep him out until. Oh yeah, that's it. That's right. I forgot. I guess whenever they deem he's ready to go. Well, that's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. You don't got to start the first game, uh, first uh, game of the season. You don't got to start the second game. He, he start when he's healthy and ready. When he have confidence in his ankle and confidence in himself to carry on. You know, you don't want to rush your your number one star player. Then he go out and then he. Then he, he he didn't heal from the ankle injury and did now mess around and tear, tear his Achilles. And that's a worse injury. That's a worse injury than 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 he'll be out for the whole year. You know, so you know, there's no reason to rush him. Let him get healthy. You know, and let everybody else gel together. So so when he come back, it won't be it won't be too hard to gel with only just one person. If everybody else are already together, you just have to. Have, have to slide one person in, that's 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 easier than having to get the whole team to have to gel with each other. Son of Dwayne son son of son of Dwayne Wade, Zaire Wade has announced that he will go to the G League and sign a contract with his father's affiliate, the Utah Jazz. 
Um, as many of you all know, sports fans, Dwayne Wade is a part owner, part owner of the Utah Jazz. Excuse me. So how do you all feel, so how do you feel about his son Zaire going <laughs> to the organization where his father is part owner? We're going to go to Melissa on this one. So don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave my comment out on this one. Uh, sports talk, like, D-boy, talk to me. Well, that from 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 a um, fan and from a um, child's point of view, you know that's 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 awesome to play for. You know, you graduate out of high school and now. You got the opportunity to go straight to the um, NBA G League and, and straight to your pop's team. You know who don't want to who don't want to play for their pop's team. And on top of that, their pop's is, is already a Hall of Famer legend. So you know that's awesome for you know that's awesome for the child. Hopefully that that um and hopefully that'll be awesome for the team as well. Hopefully he can get to the team and perform. You know, we can't look at him to be as great as his dad, but at least be able to contribute to the team and um, push them to the mark, hopefully push them to a championship. All That'd right. That would be an even greater asset. I do agree with that. Well, a lot of people have talked about Zaire Way in his demeanor that his body frame is not big enough for – the G League or the NBA um, game. So, which brings to my uh, question: Do you feel as if that he just got an opportunity to go directly to the G League because of who his dad is, or do I mean, or can the kid really go? Okay, well, yes and no. You know, okay, well. No, it doesn't matter of, of the body size, you know, because he's uh, uh, um, there's been plenty of people that came to the NBA that's been undersized. All it takes is a couple of meals and a few push-ups. He'll be, he'll be ready to go. All you got to do is just get thick enough. You don't have to be tall. Or you don't have to be um, super tall. Just get thick enough to hold your own weight to be able to bang against whoever when it's time to bang coming down coming down the sideline. So so far as body size, weight and all that, all he needed just another twenty pounds of all muscles, he'd be alright. Now <clears throat> ultimately, you know, far as the size, really size really doesn't you know, as long as he can handle his and, and put his contributions in, that's all that really matters. Melissa, Melissa, do you feel as if that sometimes athletes give get special privileges based upon, oh, my dad is this person or my mom is this person? 100%. So even so, even so, even if a player is not that necessarily good enough to play, um, at the next level, but just because their parent is has succeeded at the next level, that the next level will at least look at them out of respect for their parent. I'm gonna take it to a different level, right? So my son, I'm like, I'm gonna keep it personal. 
So my son, not an athlete, stepdad, athletic, coach, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get personal. And my son, out of shape, doesn't want to do any athletics, right? He's sitting there, hot mess on the field, whatever, for football, whatever. And he got – it wasn't about, like – I'll I'll put it like this. It was motivational force. It was like, what is about to happen with this cat, right? So I feel that, yes, you are either inspired or not inspired, or you get that leverage to put someone above the – not above the rest in, like, seniority. But I feel, you know, who you know or what you know is a big deal. I honestly do because my my son was no no he had no athleticism to him at all, but then he built himself. So it's twofold, right? So that pressure, that that drive, is twofold. He molded himself. He became an athlete. So. I don't know how to really answer this one. I do feel you might get favoritism, but if you're not really willing to go out on that field, you're not really to, you know, own that part, that doesn't matter. However, if you can be molded, you'll be molded. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, so, so go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying, my for you know him. The only problem that hurt him is he became the star athlete, the big body. You know what I'm saying? And then he got injured because he wasn't ready for it. He didn't start at the you know the P leagues. He started high school. That's a big difference. So. I'm just going to say, like, it depends on your inspiration. It depends on who is molding you. It depends on who that, you know, who can get you there. Um, the worst thing I can say, though, is, you know, in my own, and it's not like motherly, like, oh, cushion. All I'm saying is if they're not ready, they're not ready. And in his case, he he totally amped up. He he was about the drive or whatever. He was out there on that field, but he wasn't ready. So that injury, you know, took him. So I don't know how to say it different. Oh wow, wow, yeah. So sometimes in that situation, you definitely you definitely have to take the precaution and make sure you know that you don't step out before you're ready to go. I so I definitely understand that. Hey, so we're going to go back to football. Who gets their first win this week, the Jaguars or the Lions? <laughs> and keep in mind, keep in mind, just, just, just some injury updates. Miami starting quarterback, Mr. Uh, Tua, is um, scheduled to start on Sunday. But on the flip side of it for Cincinnati, their starting running back, Mr. Joe Mixon, is set to be out on Sunday. So does uh, Jared Goff get his first win at home, 
or do the number one overall pick in the NFL, Mr. Trevor Lawrence, get his uh, first win at home? I'm going to go to Sports Talk D-Boy first. Yeah. You, you, you say, um, you say that's right, Tua is out, right? Yeah, Tua, Tua then, is set to be activated on Sunday. Oh, he will be activated. Yeah, so okay. so so my question is, mm. do Trevor Lawrence get a win at home? And, uh, or do Jared Goff get a win at home? Which which team gets in the win column first, the Lions or the Jaguars? Man, that's this is the hardest question. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and stay home, and I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Jerry Goff. Cause just just because of the fact, I mean, you know what? It doesn't even matter if the if the quarterback is in good health or not because it because we we keep losing by field goals. So yet still, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Jerry Goff. Maybe we'll get all right, there. all right, uh, Melissa. Does I'm a second Huh? I'm going to second that. I mean, this is the first time in how how many seasons, how many games did we see it that close? It's not often that we are about to capture it in the last minute, and then it's taken from us. I'm going to go with us. All right. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with the Lions as well. I think – I think the Lions got – they have proven enough that they can get it done. You know, three of the five losses this year has come from last-minute drives on week one against the San Francisco 49ers. Jared Goff had a chance to win it in the last drive, and he turned the ball over. Uh, the last drive, week three against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you let the, the kicker set a NFL uh, record, 67-yard field goal to uh, to take the Lions out. And on this past Sunday, they lose again on the final drive of the game. So I do believe if they can just correct some of the mental stuff, then they'd be all right. That's just that's just my opinion on the situation. Hey, so we out of time for tonight. We're going to go. To Melissa, let her give her shout outs. Any organization she want to say what's up to, anybody she want to say hello to, let's go. You know what? Um, I'm going to keep it quiet tonight. I've learned a lot. Of I appreciate, you know, Sports Talk ET. I, I appreciate, you know, D Boy. I, you know, I'm going to keep it right there. All right, all right. All right, Melissa. Go ahead, sports yeah. talk. <clears throat> All right. All right. Thank you, Melissa, for coming on the show. So since you came on the show, I don't have to shout you out like I usually do. But I'm going to shout you out anyway. <laughs> give a big shout-out to Melissa McQueen and the CNR. And give a shout-out to Sports Talk DT, Sports Talk Dave. Um, we know you're here with us. We know you probably listening and laughing at us anyway. Well, anyways, <laughs> give a shout-out to our fans. Give a shout-out to Studio 67. And um, 
like I always say, everybody, please drink water, take care of yourself, take your vitamins, eat very good, eat all your fruits and vegetables, and give all your loved ones a hug for everyone. Keep your heads high. And last but not least, this one for day, give a shout-out to D-Boy himself. <laughs> hey, so I definitely have to give a shout-out, uh, piggyback, and give a shout-out to Studio 67. Uh, Miss Melissa McQueen, Community Resource Network. They support everything the sports talk team does in the community. Um, so we have to thank Community Resource Network for being a huge, huge part in what we do. Definitely have to give a shout-out to my children, Destiny and Demaya. I love you so much for tuning in and supporting your father. Uh, what else? What else? What else? All-Star Weekend coming up October 31st. At Oakland Fieldhouse, the main event is the Flint All-Stars versus the Punic All-Stars. We got Fino Curry, Lamar Hunt, and Dre Hall will be performing. Quest Dance Team will be uh, performing. Deshar Jeter with uh, Deshar Jeter Dance Academy will be performing. And this will be a sellout event. Tickets are $10. And mask up, stay safe. The pandemic is still going on. Mask up, stay safe. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. Love on yourself and take care of each other. And with that being said, you all have a good night and God bless you. God bless you. Good night. Penny. 